0: remember what Jonah's mindset was, right? Jonah first refused God's call and he flees from him. And then he reluctantly goes. He's actually kind of, God has to drag him along. And then Jonah is upset with God because God wants to use Jonah to save the Ninevites who were evil and terrible people. And Jonah's like, why God? Why don't we condemn them? This is a better plan than saving them. And then Jonah pouts and disgruntles when they actually turn to God and he's upset. And then he's actually more concerned that he loses his shade than the people of God, the people of Ninevites turn to him. Jonah is self-oriented. He is greedy. He wants to hoard the grace and relationship with God. Today, today we're going to explore Jesus' antithetical mindset. His kingdom mindset, his extraordinarily generous mindset. You see, Jonah's mindset is about greed, Jesus' mindset is about generosity. It's incredibly, abundantly generous, more generous than you can ever imagine. As we begin this anticipate campaign, we know. Before us is a capital campaign that we need to fix and uh, rejuvenate, renovate our building, or maybe purchase another building. We know that's that's before us. But this campaign, I want to express this so clearly to you, is fundamentally not a building program. If we end this program and uh, we don't have money to fix our building or to buy a building, that is okay if God works in us. If God changes us, and I know he is always doing that. Right, this is about us. This is more specifically about who God is, who who he has and what he's doing with us, who he's creating us to be. Right, this is I'm gonna say it again. It's a people campaign, a soul rejuvenation program. And so this is why I want us to commit time to this. Not just on Sunday, but the other avenues that we have during the week to participate together. This is a journey to deepen our relationship and our intimacy with God, to fall deeper in love with Jesus, and therefore fall deeper in love with. People, this building, the building is just a tool or a means to be generous and gracious with our resources for our community and for the proclamation of the gospel. It doesn't matter what building. It really doesn't. It doesn't even matter if we have a building whatever tools and whatever means that God gives us we're going to use that to proclaim the gospel and to be generous with right our theme verse for this campaign is Micah 7:7 seven, seven, but as for me I will look to the Lord I will keep my eyes on the Lord and I will wait for the God of my salvation my God will hear me I've been asking last week right Psalm 46 that same kind of theme right is to behold look to God, to know God, be with him. And this, this waiting is, is not passive. It's, it's eager anticipation. It's preparation. It's, it's taking time with him to grow in him. And in the midst of that, we will learn to be generous because he is generous. And he is creating us to be in his character. So we will anticipate generosity in ourselves Do you have a Jonah or do you have a Jesus mindset Do you default to greed or do you default to generosity Now I don't know about you but I often default to greed or hoarding or selfishness I have either certain things that are mine They're mine not yours not my children not my wives but they're mine, right? One of them is lip balm. I'm very particular about the kind of lip balm I use. And I, I do share it with my children. But begrudgingly, it's, my heart is not eager to share this, right? And so I have my own secret stash of it. So this is mine, right? So this, right now I'm using Aloha Coconut. Oh, man. Ah, mine, Mine. Right? The also, also I know, one of test the tests of them, like when my kids ask me something, I want in my heart to say yes to them on everything. And if my heart doesn't want us, if my first response is no, I know I need to check my heart. It doesn't mean I say yes to everything, but my first response, I want it to be yes. And then discern, is it actually wise to give what they ask, right? It's not always wise to give them dessert or cookies or whatever they want, right? But I want to be, say, yes, I want to be generous. I want to give that to you. But then I have to discern. But if my heart says, no, I know there's something wrong with me that I don't want to give. That's a little uh, heart check that I do. Luke 9, 49 through 50. Let's learn, let's look to Jesus about his generosity. John answered, Master, we see someone, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he does not follow us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. Now, what you maybe don't know here, earlier in chapter 9 in Luke, Jesus sends out the 12. He sends out the apostles. And he sends them out in his name. And this person who's doing it now is doing exactly what he sent the 12 to do. Right Earlier he sent the 12 to do what? Is to preach the gospel, cast out demons, and to heal. So here it was, someone was actually doing what he sent the 12 to do. And, and Tim Keller does a great way of describing what that preach the gospel is persuade people with their minds. To cast out demons is actually to liberate their souls. You can actually put this in practical terms for us. right? To to heal is actually to meet people's physical needs. How you can actually apply that today. And here was someone actually doing it in Jesus' name. And they want to stop him. We don't know exactly why they they want to stop him. But apparently it seems to be that the apostles lacked some generosity. They don't want him to do what Jesus told them. They could do, even though he was doing it in Jesus' name. And Jesus, very clear. Maybe it's about prestige. Maybe it's about past power. Maybe it's about their proximity to Jesus, and they're a little upset that someone else is crowded into their space. Who knows? That's the speculation. But Jesus says, "Leave him alone. Leave him alone." Right? Many ways he's doing it in Jesus' name. He's doing what he calls people to do. And we'll see that later on where he calls all people to do this. And you can begin to see in this passage that the tension between greed and generosity begins. The tension between, between a Jonah mindset and a Jesus mindset. The, the apostles and the people of the world and Jesus. Luke 9, 51, 56, you'll see this grow here. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, Do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. And then they went on to another village. You see in this passage in in verse 53, the people of the Samaritans, right? Jesus sent his disciples before him. Hey, go go prepare. Go prepare. I remember the Samaritans and the the, the Jewish people, they weren't connected. They didn't see eye to eye. The were, Samaritans were unclean for the Israelites. But here Jesus is going through them and connecting them. And the Samaritans did not accept Jesus. They rejected Jesus. You have to understand, right, what's happening here is that hospitality is a huge importance in this culture. People, went, there was no inns, there was no hotels. And so when people are traveling, it was the expectation of people in those towns... To be hospitable, to invite them in, to feed them, to care for them. The sojourners, the travelers, whoever it was, you were supposed to be generous. And here it is, the Samaritans would not receive Jesus or his followers. That was a great sin. It was greed, it was selfish, it was withholding. And then James and John are angered by this. How dare they reject us and reject Jesus. How dare they treat Jesus in this way? And what's their response? Let's burn this place down. Right? let's, Let's bring condemnation from heaven. I mean, this sounds like Jonah, doesn't it? Let's get these Ninevites. It makes sense. Because fire coming down is condemnation. Because 2 Kings 1... The uh, prophet Elijah, one of the great prophets of the Israelites. The prophet Elijah, the, the king of Israel, rejects Elijah and his prophet because he's usually against him. And so he sends 50 soldiers to confront Elijah. And Elijah is on top of the hill. And what does Elijah do? He calls down fire from heaven to wipe him out. And 50 of them are killed from fire from him. A condemnation. And then the king sends another 50 and what does Elijah do? He asks for five from heaven to come wipe them out. And another 50. And then the king sends another group and they all repent. <laughs> so you, they, James and John, they know this. They know this story. They know the stories of Elijah. And they know that when people reject Elijah, Elijah condemned him. Now what happened before this, just before this, was the transfiguration. Peter James and John were on the mount with Jesus. And Jesus was transformed with blinding light. And there appeared before Jesus. Was Moses and Elijah. And what they understood in that moment. was well, Jesus was God. And he was greater than Moses and Elijah. And if people rejected Elijah. And fire came down from heaven. Certainly. Certainly if you reject Jesus. Condemnation. Was deserved, so it makes sense that they said, "Lord, now's the time for fire, right? Now's the time to condemn these people. We're going to wipe them out, right? This is what you're here for, right? If they rejected you, you're greater than Elijah. Let's do this." And what is Jesus' response? What is Jesus' response? He rebukes them. That 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 sounds actually kind of tame. It's not tame. Rebuke. There's an anger in Jesus in this. This this is like, would you shut up? Shut up to James and John. You have no idea what you're talking about. There is a strong. This is the same kind of rebuke as he tells Peter, "Get behind me, Satan. You have no idea what's going on. Be quiet." You see, they had the mindset as the same as the Samaritans. They had the mindset of greed. They had the mindset of the world. The mindset of Jonah. Jesus has a totally different mindset. This is a mindset of generosity. This is the mindset of the good news. You see, Jesus does call fire down from heaven. In Luke 12, 49-50. Jesus says, I came to cast fire on earth. Oh, James John, yeah. Yeah, finally. And would that it would already kindled. Oh, yeah. You could just see it like that. But yeah, let's go. I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how great is my distress until it is accomplished. So what is the fire that Jesus cast on this earth? It's his baptism. It's the baptism of fire. And what is the baptism that Jesus is baptized with? It's death. It's death. The fire is condemnation. But it's not Jesus taking that and putting it upon us. It's Jesus redirecting that fire upon him. And says, I wish it was already kindled. Did you hear what it says? Until it is accomplished. Those are the same words on the cross. It is finished. Did you see what Jesus does to switch the mentality? They want to condemn people. And Jesus says, no, that's not why I've come here. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. And the condemnation, the fire is going to be upon me. I will take the condemnation on your behalf. Jesus' earthly mission is about generosity. It's about grace. It's a a mission to heal. It's a mission to forgive. It's not a mission to bring judgment, but to bear judgment. He puts the judgment upon his arms and his feet. Jesus doesn't make barriers. He doesn't make walls. He tears them down. And he erases walls and barriers so people can have access to God Almighty. Because our sin creates those barriers. Jesus brings fire. But he bears that fire upon himself and not on us. And here's the thing. This generosity, this grace, This is what we're called into. This is what we're called into. Not into this greed. Not into this this default mode in which we already are. We are to follow him. We are to follow his way. Not the way of greed. Not the way of Jonah. Not the way of selfishness. Not the way of, of protection and hoarding. We are to lay our life down. And to bear judgment upon ourselves so others don't have We are to, the violence in this world and this world is violent because you know your heart is violent. We're not to issue that violence out. We are to take on that violence upon us to absorb it so others don't have to absorb it. That's what Jesus does, to absorb the violence and the wrath of God so we don't have to do it. If your mindset is quick to judge and to condemn, this is the wrong mindset. This is not the mindset of Jesus. This generosity, which bears it, which lays down his life for us. And maybe you're saying at this moment, I want to be generous too. I want to be like that. I want to have the mindset of Jesus. I want to be generous, right? And we know generous is not just with our Finances, right? It's, it's time, talent, and treasures. Look, there's different currencies of generosity in our life. And we need to be generous with all of them. There's the, the currency of finances, right? We have resources and money, right? We ought to be generous with those. But we also ought to be generous relationally. How many of us kind of like, oh man, the time and effort with some people, this is not worth it. Can you imagine Jesus saying that to you? (laughs) Father? (laughs) Bob? I don't know. It's a lot of effort. Tracy? Oof. No! He knows the effort! There's a lot of, there's an emotional generosity too. There's lots of things that are currencies that we have that we ought to be generous with all of them. Christians, we we are ministry providers, not ministry consumers. This is so important to understand. That you are created to be a ministry provider. To be a compassion provider. Not a consumer. So you want to be generous. How do you be generous? How do you have the mindset like Jesus? Well, let's go on. He tells us, Luke nine fifty seven to sixty two. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Basically, this first person is really eager to follow Jesus. He's like, Yeah, I want to go where you're going. I want to do what you're doing. Whatever. It I'm with you, Jesus. I'm in. All in. And Jesus is like, slow your roll, man. Slow your roll. I don't think you really understand what it means to follow me. Right? He doesn't say it here, but right where we know to follow Jesus is to follow the path of death. That well, we have to lay down our lives. That we have to die completely to ourselves in order to have new life. In order for this resurrection to happen in us. And Jesus says, listen, in this world, I'm an outcast. People reject me. I don't belong here. You follow me. This is a restless life. This is not comfortable at all. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want this life? And to another, he said, right. But he said, um, to another, he said, Follow Where or, or, or am I? To another, he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my Father. And Jesus said, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. That's a pun, which is really funny. Uh, so I just love Jesus has this stuff for you. We won't go into that. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and look back is fit for the kingdom of God. So two other people, two other people, Jesus says, follow me. And they say, oh, okay, God, yeah, all right, Jesus. But first, but first let me do this. They both say the same thing. But first let me have a different priority besides you, Jesus, is what they're saying. they live in a culture that's patriarchal. All right? And we don't live in that same culture. There is honor and shame. And there is great... Uh, family is first in that culture. Absolute first. And so it would be an expectation that they would say goodbye to their parent, family. It would be expectation if their father died or their parents died, that they would honor him and they would bear him. And that was a, a year-long process. And says so like, like, first let me take care of my family obligations and Jesus doesn't tell people not to take care of that. That's not what he's about. I mean, that's part of it's a commandment, right? Honor your father and mother. But the problem is, but first. But first let me do this, Lord. And Jesus is really telling them, that, listen, I know you want to honor your earthly father. But honor your heavenly father first. Right? Jesus said, I am first. Everything else is second. And until you understand that, you will understand nothing. You can't follow me if I'm second. You can't follow me if anything is above me. It's not that you can't do these other things. But if they're first, if they're first in priority, if they're first in order, if they're first in your thoughts, something's off. You don't have the correct mindset. There's no halfway following Jesus. There's no, I can follow this first and then follow Jesus. No, it's, it's following Jesus all the way. You, you can't be halfway dead, which is what Jesus is calling us to do. To be dead. To die to ourselves. You have to be all in. And if you're all the way going to die to yourself, then you can be all the way resurrected. Because if you're just halfway, you can't be resurrected at all. You can't be changed at all. If you're just halfway following Jesus. You want to be generous? You want to be in the character of God and God transform you? You want to have this gospel and generous and Jesus mindset? If you hold on to any part of the world mindset, your greed, your selfishness, anything else that is first besides Jesus, you will not be generous. You will not have his mindset. You will never be equipped to be generous. You will never be generous unless you give your all of yourself to Jesus. Did you hear that clearly? You will never be generous. You will never have his mindset unless you're all in. Unless he's first. There's no conditions. There's no buts. There's no first let me do this. Then I'll follow you. Whatever is getting in the way, or whatever is before Jesus, or whatever is a higher priority than Jesus, get rid of it. Get rid of it until it can be second. Until it can be second. Then you'll learn to be generous. Then the transformation will begin. Luke 10, 1-2, you want to be generous? You want to learn to be generous? After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful. Did you hear that? That's generous. Like, Look, there's a generous, there's a generous and abundant harvest there. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Earlier, I just told you, right, Jesus sent out the 12. Earlier in this chapter, in the chapter, beginning in chapter 9, verses 1 through 2, he sends out the 12 to be generous. To be generous with the gospel. Right, with their time and their talent and their treasures. To preach the gospel. To preach peace. To persuade their minds. To cast out demons. To liberate them. Their souls. To heal them. To meet people's physical needs. And now what is he doing in chapter 10. He sends out 72. Why is this significant? Oh, well, he's including more, but it's more than just more, it's including everyone. The 72, the other time we hear the number 72 is in Genesis 9 and 10, it is the table of nations and, and Noah. And you know how many nations that are listed there? 72. The point is what Jesus is saying is symbolic, right? The 12 is representing all of Israel. And then immediately in the next chapter, he says, 72, go out into the whole world. Preach the gospel. Cast out demons. Heal. Persuade minds. Liberate souls. Take care of people's physical needs. To all people. All people ought to do this that follow him. To everyone. There is no exclusion. We are called to be generous With the gospel, not just to the people we like, but to all people. With our words and with our actions. right? With our time and talent and treasures to be generous. Jesus never calls you to follow him without sending you. He calls you to be a ministry provider, not a consumer. But the only way you can be a ministry provider, if you consume him. If you're following him. Jesus is generous with you so that you can be generous to him in return. This is the golden rule, do you hear it? Jesus is abundantly generous with you. So you can return that generosity to him. And the way that you return that generosity to him is to be generous with all people. All the time. Preach the gospel. Cast out demons. Heal. Persuade. Liberate. Take care of their needs. He's calling you this, right? Ephesians 2 8 through 10. Hear the same message again, as Paul says it. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Did you hear the generosity in there? Right? It's not not deserved. You don't deserve this grace, it's generous. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. This is God's abundant generosity. This is God not condemning you, not coming to the world to condemn you, but to save you, but to give you things, but to give you his life. This is God not casting fire on you, but taking on the fire that you deserve and taking it upon him. This is generosity. And if we are people that have his mindset, that are following him, if we are his children, verse ten, for we are his workmanship. We are his his masterpiece, his art, created in Christ Jesus, reunited with him, for good works. We can we just paraphrase that for generosity. (laughs) To be abundantly generous, as he has been abundantly generous with you. Which God prepared before and that we should walk in them. So there's right the principle that we should act in them, that we should do them. Right? These are works which he created us to be. He created us to be generous. He created us to be generous for all to all people, all the time. Because this is who he is. But you and I cannot be generous in and of ourselves. You do not have enough in you. It will wipe you out. How can nothing give anything? I mean, I hate to say that, but you and ourselves are nothing. I mean, Jesus says that in Philippians 2. I came to create a form of nothing. But the only way you can give anything is you connect to the one that is Something who is the all in all to Jesus, in which he created you to give, to be generous. Remember, the currency of generosity in which he's given you is diverse. Is diverse, each and every one of us. A diverse set of gifts and talent and resources in which he's given you all of those things. None of it you have earned. They're all gifts. None of it. Don't think, well, there's something. No. All of it is what he gives. And he's given that, that currency to be generous. Because he gave it to you generously. Right? Financially, relationally, emotionally, etc. Whatever it is. Be generous. Do you want to have the mindset of Jesus? I hope you're saying yes. Do you want to have the mindset of generosity? Do you want to anticipate generosity in your life? Psalm 46. Behold, be still, and know Jesus. Follow him. Follow him. Right? This is the Hebrews. Do not neglect gathering together. Because only in there, that's where God begins to work and to create generosity in us. To create his character in us. His generosity will overflow in your life to overflow in the life of others. You can't outgive God because God's abundant giving, you'll never understand how much He gives you because it never stops. It never stops. And so, whatever He gives you, He gives you to give because, you know, there's more coming to you. Jesus gives and gives, and gives, and gives. His his abundant generosity is beyond our imagination. He has created, he has given, and he is giving, giving generously so that you and I can be like him in his character. The mindset of generosity. No generosity. No Jesus. Follow Jesus. Live generously. Let us pray.